Welcome to the Gift of Love broadcast, where love is your greatest gift. Our mission is to teach the world the power of loving God and loving others. The greatest gift for you and me, the greatest gift for humanity, the greatest gift for all to see. Hello and welcome to the Gift of Love broadcast, where love is your greatest gift. I'm Lyndon Batiste and I'm so excited to have the opportunity to bring inspiration, hope, and most of all, God's love. Today I want to come from Deuteronomy chapter 10 and I think that this is such such an important scripture And I chose the scripture by simply opening up my Bible, believe it or not. I just happened to open up my Bible and it turned to the scripture and I thought, wow, this would be perfect. I feel the Lord speaking through this. And I think that this would be relevant to our listeners right now. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 12 through 13, the scripture reads, And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. And my initial thought when reading this scripture was, generally when we talk about God's love, loving God, we tend to think that this is a New Testament phenomenon, that God just all of the sudden began loving us and giving us a pathway to love God through the New Testament realities. However, you see these scriptures in the Old Testament. In fact, when Jesus is talking about love, loving God and loving others, he's referencing the Old Testament. He's referencing the Torah. He's referencing the Tanakh. He is referencing the old Jewish scriptures that he knew of in his day. There was no New Testament. Um, Jesus wasn't a Christian. Jesus was Jewish. So he is referencing the Jewish scripture. And even here, from Genesis to Revelations, this entire narrative, this entire story of God communicating with human beings. And the purpose behind that is that God wants us to love God. God wants us to love each other, but God is trying to establish this relationship with us, build this bond, this community where heaven and earth are one. Think of Jesus's prayer. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is what God is in pursuit of, and and God has welcomed, welcomed us to the table so that we can build this relationship with God. Also, in reading this scripture, I began to reflect quickly on this question. How can one love God, right? Because love is such a profound idea. Like when I think of loving someone or loving something, there's a relationship, there's history, there's a story there. And God is saying, this is what I require of you. Meaning that it's number one is very important. Um, it seems to be the prerequisite to 
other realities in our relationship with God. But how can I come to love God, an invisible God, a God that I do not know, that I might not have experience with as a youth minister, as a as a college instructor? I often run into people and speak with people who have very little knowledge of God. Um, they didn't grow up in a religious household. They didn't grow up exposed to the ideals and the concepts of spirituality. And I asked the question, well, God, how can someone grow to love you? Or how can someone love you if they've never met you, if they don't know you? Just for a little context, in Deuteronomy chapter 10, where the, the scripture that we're coming from, this is after years of relationship building with the children of Israel. In particular, the children of Israel, those in bondage in bondage in Egypt who are making their way into the promised land where God is creating this new society of, 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 of his believers, of his people. And they saw many things in that relationship. They experienced God. They heard the stories from Moses and they heard the stories of their four parents. In fact, they witnessed, many of them, they witnessed or their parents witnessed the crossing of the Red Sea. They witnessed manna coming from heaven, feeding them while they were in the wilderness. They witnessed God, uh, or they witnessed Moses on the top of the mountain where they saw God give to Moses the Ten Commandments. Not that they literally saw him give, but they knew something was happening up there, right? There's a history, is my point. There's a relationship that has been built. But what if that is not the case? God, how can I love you? How can I come to a knowledge of you to where this love relationship can happen, can take place, can be rooted in something because love is not intellectual. It is, it is, it is, it, it, a, a portion of it is, but it's really emotional. It's something that happens in our being where we're drawn to someone. And then history, experience, conversations, a union of sorts happen. God, how can we love you if we've never had that history with you? So quickly, I have five steps that I want to share. Five things you can do to help grow in your love towards God, which I think is very important. Everything begins there with our love of God, being actually in love with God. I ask, again, as a youth minister, I ask my students all of the time, why do you come to church? And we get all of these answers um, as to why my parents made me come or it's the right thing to do. But the emphasis of all of our spiritual practice, I believe, should be our love for our divine creator, our love for God, our desire to connect with this God and to experience this God in a meaningful relationship. So, again, I want to give you five steps, five ways to help you come to that place of loving God genuinely, not out of religious impulse, not out of meeting some type of criteria so that you can uh, sort of fit into our religious communities, but a genuine relationship with God, growing into love with God. How can we love God? How can I love God? So number one, ask God to reveal God's self to you. Ask God to reveal God's self to you. Every individual that has walked with God, that has done something uh, meaningful for God, who has a, a, a story, 
who has been impacted by the spiritual realm has had an experience with God, whether it's Jesus in the wilderness, whether it's Moses with the burning bush, whether it's Abraham, Abraham, whether it's God coming down and, and, and telling Abraham to look and, and at the stars in the sky or the grains of sand along the beach. In fact, you can even go into other religious practices, whether it's the Buddha talking about a, a spiritual experience, whether it's Muhammad in the cave. Um, every great religious leader has an experience with God that galvanizes their journey. They didn't wake up one day and decide, hey, I'm going to be religious today. Hey, I'm going to be spiritual. I'm going to do the God thing. Because for most people, quite frankly, who do the God thing, it's quite uncomfortable. It's not the popular thing, especially now, 2020. It's, you know, you're not the coolest guy in the group if you're walking around with the Bible or you're quoting the scriptures. Um, but it's an experience that compels them. We think of Paul, Paul, who was Saul, who became Paul, who became arguably the greatest missionary to the world um and and, and and sort of the at the at the very center of Christianity spread throughout the world it was his experience on the road to Damascus so what I think you should do if you have this desire but you're asking yourself where do I begin how how can I even how can a relationship start with God God is invisible I don't know where to go I can't go to God's house and knock on his and knock on God's door and say come and and chat with me have a relationship with me Ask God to reveal God's self to you and watch what happens. Number two, ask God to reveal the matrix of the Bible. Now, I use matrix as a reference because I love that movie. Number one, I'm a movie buff. But my testimony, really, a lot of it is 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 rooted on my experience with the Bible. Growing up a Catholic boy, I knew the scriptures. Sunday school, mom made sure we never missed. I knew all of the stories. But they never quite made sense to me. But after I had my religious experience, I remember picking up the Bible and it was as if the words leapt off of the Bible. And they began to move and connect. And of course, this wasn't literally happening. But in my mind, the scriptures began to make sense. It was as if a veil had been removed and the scripture began to speak to me. And that's why it's often referred to as the living Bible, because I do believe it's alive. Ask God to reveal the matrix of the Bible or to open up God's word to you in a way where you can see it. Not with your physical eyes, because for many of us, we've been doing that, but with your spiritual eye. Because there is another eye that we possess that allows us to see what is not available to our natural sensory mechanisms same thing with our hearing ask God to allow you to hear that which cannot be heard with your physical ears because God is speaking in that realm and if you truly desire and want that I believe that God will open that up to you number three ask God to reveal the person of Jesus yes there is so much revelation in the person of Jesus and the story of Jesus and I, I included this because I thought of what Jesus meant to me um, outside of sort of the theological person that Jesus is and the statements there um, as Jesus being the son of God, I look at Jesus as sort of this pinnacle of human expression, this, this, this embodiment of human potential. 
And when I study Jesus and I study Jesus's words, I have I no longer simply look at what Jesus accomplished in the form of miracles, but in the person that Jesus is. And Jesus is constantly emphasizing this relationship with God, even in the story where his parents lose him and they go away for some time. And then when they come back and they're like, Jesus, where were you? And Jesus says, you know, parents, you knew where I was. I'm about my father's business. And for me, that emphasizes this Jesus that was connected to his father, that was concerned with 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 his father's words and teachings and wanting to become one with God. And that is sort of the part of Jesus that I really observe and that I internalize because I can do that. Right. I can be focused on God like that. I can I can apply this same sort of, of intense fervor for kingdom of God and the things of God. I can't necessarily walk on water, right? I can't necessarily open blinded eyes. But one thing that I can do is that I can follow and pursue God. Ask God to reveal the person of Jesus to you. Number four, ask God to give you a clean heart. Man, there's so much in our heart in our lives, in our experience, that often blocks us from receiving God. And if God is what you want, and and let me say that wanting God is a noble is a noble thing, and that is a good thing. We want many things. We want money. We want sleep. We want power, wealth, and fame. But to want God is a good thing. I would argue the most important thing, the best thing that you could want. But if you want God, ask God to give you a clean heart, to remove all of the history of your human narrative, remove all of the hurt, all of the pain, all of the whys and the why nots, and ask God to give you a clean heart, a heart that is pure, that is that is that can get past maybe some of the information, whether positive or negative in your life, anything that might block you towards receiving a spiritual reality. Because again, this is something that happens internally, that happens in your spirit, that happens in, to use a, to use a, an, an Eastern phrase, your, your Atman, your, your hidden core, your spiritual being. It happens there. And sometimes we just have too much that have happened that we know and we've that we've experienced and and all of those experiences are valid but ask God to set that aside so that the light of God can shine through and pierce your spirit I believe that was number four and number five ask God to forgive your past yes I know so many people who feel like they are unworthy of God's love, of God's companionship because of what they've done, what they've experienced. And to give you a scripture, there's a scripture, I believe, in in, in the in the Old Testament that says that God is he's ready to forgive and cast our sins as far as the east is to the west. God is ready to forgive. God wants you to come and open your heart. So that this relationship can begin right now, regardless, irregardless of anything you've ever done. This is the story of the prodigal son that is so remarkable. 
that the prodigal son and you may have heard this story before but if you if you have not this is one of jesus's most powerful and most famous parables where there's where this 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 wealthy father gives his two sons their portion of their inheritance or rather they have their inheritance and one of the sons requests his inheritance and he goes out and he blows it and he wrecks his life and eventually he comes back home and he tells his father i've pretty much ruined my life i'm at the brink of death please accept me back and the father essentially has this huge celebration because he is just happy that his son is back home he doesn't ask what did you do with the money he doesn't ask you know why did you do this and i'm gonna make you pay and and you're gonna have to earn your way back into my household no the father accepts his son with open arms irregardless of anything that he's ever done because the father as he as the father says in the scripture i thought my son was dead but now he's alive and that's all that god cares about is that you had this opportunity to connect to build and to fall in love with the father our divine creator and i believe if you venture out to do those things you begin to see God working in your life to a point where loving God becomes just who you are. Yes, it's just who you are, where the love for God oozes out of your being. You love God so much because you have this experience. You've had this experience with God. And what I and, and to sort of back up to number one, where I said, ask God to reveal God's self to you. Please do not expect for a burning bush necessarily. Do not expect for an epiphany where you see hands writing on the wall in the middle of the night. Or <laughs> It's a knowing in many cases. It's just a knowing that happens where God begins to nudge at your heart, at your spirit. Maybe through people around you. Maybe you'll turn on the TV and for some reason your TV turns on and you flip the channel and you stop at that preacher that you never liked before. But for some reason it catches you now. Yeah. Somehow you end up in church or some type of religious event and someone says something that hits you in a certain way that it never hit you before. God is going to start to reveal God's self to you and nudge you. Expect it in that way. God often speaks quietly and in whispers. Everything isn't, you know, fire on top of, of the mountain and, 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 and seas, red seas parting. But there's something that begins to happen in your nowhere. So ask God to reveal God's self to you. Ask God to reveal the matrix of the Bible or to reveal the truth of the living word. Ask God to reveal the person of Jesus to you. Because Jesus, I believe, is our human mark or goal post for what we can ultimately be. This is what we can be. This is what our potential says about us. We can be this. Number four, ask God to give you a clean heart, erasing everything that you've known or or removing it out of out of the way so that it is no longer an obstacle to you receiving God. Ask God to forgive your past because God is ready to forgive your past. And I want to add one more here. Ask God to use you. Oh, yes. Ask God to use you. I know I said five and I think that is six right there. 
but we're going to go with six. Ask God to use you. Oh, man, when God begins using you to heal other people, that's a part of that history that's going to be built up. Yes, when God starts to move on your heart and tells you to say something and then someone says, I needed to hear that. Or God tells you to give something of your time or your resources and someone says, this saved my life. Or God begins to direct you with your gifts and your talents on how to impact others. So oh, that history is going to be built and you're going to see how good God is because it feels good to be used by God, to be quite frank. It makes me think of a, an old R&B song by by Bill Withers that's called Use Me. And of course, he's not talking about God in the song. He's talking about something else. Use me up until you use me up. But you know what? In this context, we're asking God to use us. I give my body to you, my time, my resources. And it feels good when God uses us. Oh, man. Those are the highlights of my human experience when I... Know that I am operating and flowing in the will of God, not just for myself, but to impact, impact the lives of other people. So ask God to use you. Let me run down those again. Ask God to reveal God's self to you. Ask God to reveal the matrix of the Bible. Ask God to reveal the person of Jesus. Ask God to give you a clean heart. Ask God to forgive your past and ask God to use you. In all of these things, ask God. Begin communicating with God. Speak to God. Ask God to reveal God's self to you. Open up the door of heaven. That's the true blessing, opening up the door of heaven. And then I believe we'll all be able to fulfill Deuteronomy 10, which is to love God with all of our heart, our soul, and our mind. Amen. Humanity.